Hello and welcome to the Beautifully Nasty Podcast. I am your host, Bianca. Happy Wednesday, y'all. It is the end of February. Crazy, crazy, crazy how time is flying. Obviously, wish it could fly a little bit faster during this pandemic, but we are all still here. Uh, The support from everyone is kind of what's keeping me going. Um, So thank you for everyone who's been listening. And I love this little community that we're creating uh, for support during this time through this podcast. So thank you, everyone. Uh, This week is the last episode in the series of loving yourself as a creative. And I've just... I think this month I've reflected a lot on just how much art and being around creative people has positively affected my life. And just from talking to so many artists who have reached out and and just really thinking about, you know, all of the creatives that are all throughout my life and I just feel very, I feel very inspired by everyone and um, very grateful because I think artists are, they're just such wonderful beings on this planet. And I'm, I think I've gotten to a point in my life where it's like art has always been there. It's always been around me. I've always been a creative person, but it's really cool to have developed into the person that I am today and have chosen to surround myself with artists um, because of just the type of person that I think is naturally or just because of the type of person that usually comes with an artist. Um, Yeah, so I, it's just, I've just been very reflective and just so impressed and inspired by everyone that all the guests that we've had on this month and all of the people who have reached out and just all of, all of the artists who have helped me, especially with this journey with the podcast. And so I want to give a little shout out to y'all and just say, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Keep pushing through all of this. I know it's a hard time right now. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I read this, uh, comment or on a picture that I found on Instagram and I wanted to share it it with you because I feel as though it relates a lot to artists right now during the pandemic. Um, it was on, uh, Mrs. Smith, uh, Mrs. Smith's Instagram And the picture said a pandemic is not a residency. And this is the caption. So I wanted to read it. And I, I think you all, I hope that you all will find some sort of solace within the statement because I think it's very relatable. I've spoken to several certifiable genius level artist friends recently who confess to judging themselves harshly because they are not inspired to create new work in the pandemic. If you have been able to create during this time, my hat's off to you and what I'm about to say is not a judgment against anyone. A pandemic is not a residency. It's not an artist retreat. 
you may be collecting unemployment like me and have more free time than ever before, but you struggle with inspiration. I get it. It confuses me too. This is not a vacation. We are seeing mass We are seeing mass death and despair all around us. We fear illness for our loved ones and ourselves. These are not peak creativity conditions. We are isolated and crave touch. Overly exposed to screens, the guilt I hear in people's voices to me is a carryover of the abuse artists face under neoliberal capitalism. The expectation that we will always be hustling, constantly spewing content, Yo, wake up. Most of this content we are consuming isn't very good. It's not timeless. It's not going to last. It's not art. That's why it's called content. It's meant to fill the boredom hole of platform users. These forms of thinking serve the platform who don't even pay us. Fans, please show patience and love to your favorite artists. Most of us are live performers missing shows more than you can ever imagine. Artists, I counter the self-aggression and guilting. Love yourself. You are an artist today, whether you create or rest or distract yourself. Take care of yourself first and foremost. Uh, I really, really, uh, that spoke to me. Um, So if Mrs. Smith ever uh, listens to this episode, thank you for writing those words. I think that... uh, it is something that a lot of artists, I hope, listen and really take in because, you know, we we are not uh, machines that are just supposed to pour out content whenever is necessary for the public uh, artists that are, are people who have feelings. And again, this is not a peak creativity time and it's okay to feel like you are lost or don't have any inspiration. Um, It is so relatable. And I just want you guys to know that you are not alone if you are feeling that way. But I do hope that the podcast can provide you with some inspiration to feel like you you can take this time for yourself and just prioritize yourself and your happiness and your health. And then eventually the creativity will start flowing again. Uh, or just find that, you know, you're not the only person who's been down during this time or who has struggled, whatever it may be. I hope this podcast definitely helps you if you are feeling lost. So Without further ado, though, I do have to introduce for our last episode of the month in the Creative Love series, I brought on a friend who I've known for so many years within the acting industry. He is so multifaceted. It is insane. He does everything. I I just, I can't even begin to explain the amount of energy this man has. And I brought him on because I'm I'm inspired by him every time I see him, um, work with him, uh, see the content or projects that he's putting out. And I'm so happy to have him on for the last episode because he says really important things that I think artists will benefit from hearing. And he's he's just so absolutely wonderful. And I am so, so excited to have him on for the last episode of this month. So without further ado, here is Max Sibbles. All right, here we go. 
four, three, two, one, and welcome to the Beautifully Nasty Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca, and I am with one of my great friends. I decided to bring one of the people who I think is just incredibly talented in so many different capacities as an artist and I had to oh, bring you on oh really okay I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep giving you compliments so learn to take it for the next hour okay one hour I can do this <laughs> and yeah so it's the last episode in the series of creative love and I brought on Max Symbols. welcome to the podcast I feel like in terms of beautifully and then nasty like I'm definitely the nasty I can't right now no you're beautiful <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. And this is my first interview in person. Oh, yeah. We're the first live. Uh, normally, I do this over Zoom. And we were able to both I'm be COVID free. In the middle of COVID to start. Um, COVID. That was the reason why I started it was because COVID happened. My life. And I feel like the listeners at this point know all about this. But my life flipped upside down and i had to reevaluate yes as almost everyone's life just went exactly yeah yeah and so as i was like contemplating all of this i was like oh fuck okay i have to figure out myself because i don't think i really like myself at all and let me deal with all these problems (laughs) and as i started to do that one year later podcast one year later we have a podcast all about it (laughs) all about loving yourself all about healing and not healing and that whole process except the pandemic was really sad but it did bring this for me at least so take the silver lining yes exactly which is part of i think the whole process that you're describing which is like finding the silver lining figuring out what parts of the bad are good and how you can use like all the bad to form good which is something i've been in the book I was telling you about, there's a big talk about like the transfer of energy and taking the seven spiritual laws of Pilate. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he talks about being able to take negative and rather than returning negative, you transform that into positive by learning from your patients and doing a podcast where you share it with people like it's literally exactly what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, because that's basically what happened. I was like, wow, I fucked up a lot. And... <laughs> Or why did I make the choices that I made? Why did I surround myself with the people that I did? And then I was like, okay, instead of beating myself up over it, I clearly did it for a reason. And I learned these lessons and it's why I'm here now. And now I'm doing this podcast, which is like providing me with so much joy and just purpose in my life. So it ended up working out in a way. That's the beautiful thing. I think yeah. that's literally exactly what it needs to be. Exactly, exactly. In terms of the pandemic for you, how did that go as far as loving yourself? Oh my God. <laughs> so good. The pandemic, just for people who don't know what I was up to, I'm a performing artist. So I do a lot of things. One of them is. He does performing. too many things. Definitely too many things. But. We're going to fix that. But. Explain yourself because I yeah. saved you purposely for the end of the month where we're talking to artists about how they love themselves. I saved you because you're so multi-diverse in this world and you do so many things. So let's first describe what you do. So the way I would describe <laughs> it is as simple as possible. I am an entrepreneur and a multimedia artist. That's like the quickest way I've ever described it. I love that. Uh, Long story short, Uh I do 
hip hop, I do films, I paint, I draw, I do graphics, I edit videos, and I run a couple companies, all honestly one after the other. So an example is where people talk about graphic work. That started because when I was 15, I had a company that was printing out t-shirts and someone had to make the graphics for the t-shirts. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't know how to hire someone because I'm 15. Because <laughs> I'm 15. Yeah. So I'm going to learn how to make a graphic. And then I learned how to make a graphic. And I was like, oh, Adobe Illustrator is cool. And I didn't realize. But then when I was 17, someone was like, can you make a graphic for me? And I'm like, yeah, I actually do know how to do that. And I'm 18 throughout. And now at 25, it's, I know how to make graphics. I, I learned how to do that. So the same thing happened with editing commercials, editing videos, making music. It literally all stemmed from me being like too broke and too young to hire anyone else. <laughs> that is the truth. I, I think we all understand that. Especially as artists, you have to figure out how to do it. Yeah. You were talking about editing. Oh, yeah. Editing for this podcast has been a learning curve for it's me. Funny because you have been in film for so many years. So long. never touched editing really until... No, I know. I feel a little bit ashamed of that. I was always the person in front of the camera. That, But it's but good. I had to learn. I learned from Ellie and then I also just YouTube. Yeah. When I was YouTube lost and confused, yeah, at 2 a.m., I'm like, I can't call Ellie right now, so YouTube, help me. Will not in <laughs> Literally, <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> and then I'm like spelling grammatical errors. It's still understood yeah. my, my brain malfunctioning at well, yeah, that hour of the night. I think the beautiful thing is that you're not alone. So think about how many people yes. are up at 2 in the morning being like, this doesn't work. What's going on? And how to create a TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Don't so that's beautiful. That. Shout out to all the people on YouTube creating tutorial stuff because yes. real, without you guys, there's no way that any of the art would be made. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Yeah. You have saved my life during this pandemic honestly oh. i enjoy content from all these creators okay so f as far as what you're working on now what am i working on i'm like uh, okay so you ex explain what you do which is a lot and right. people are probably still a bit confused yeah really quick on that the whole reason we were talking about the pandemic yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah. before that i was on like an independently done tour hashtag living out of my car couch surfing and just trying to perform at different states because i just wanted to get out there and then the pandemic Ugh. hit and i had already you know given up my apartment and my office and everything and i moved out of new york and <sighs> I... yeah so i was at south by southwest like waiting to perform and they were like we're canceling the entire event so that's wild yeah it was a bruiser because i think about for, for four months i was like on top of the world being like i'm gonna go perform in south by southwest my career is made like yeah i'm gonna milk this opportunity and get so much out of it and then i get the email i'm driving through texas and i get an email that says sorry, sorry. <laughs> like what was going through your head originally i thought there's no way it's that bad they're just such a big organization all, yeah. that they have to be cautious. Sure. So I thought the small shows would for sure survive. Mm -hmm. People would still hire me for videos. And it took about a week. It was actually in a grocery store when there was like over the loudspeaker. They were like, hey, guys, we're closing down early. We're not like we're not sure what's going on with the pandemic. This is over the loudspeaker. And then like parents and kids started freaking out and they were like running and grabbing things because they, they thought they would have to and now i was like oh my god 
this is real. This is, it felt like, an, it felt like I'm in the beginning of I Am Legend. Yeah. I was like, oh. I think we all were. Yeah. Like, I, I know that I caught COVID at the very beginning. Yeah. And I was dying in my apartment and I was just like looking outside, like in New York City, like the streets were dead, which is so never opposite happens. of never happens. It looked like a ghost town. It looked like zombie land. Right. And, and it really did feel like, like an oh shit feeling like this is happening. Yeah, exactly. So, but with you having all these plans for a year, I can only imagine. Did you mourn the, all yeah, the prospects sure. of this year? I'm still for sure mourning it. Yeah. Luckily, I think that the same way you were talking about I think I took that and said okay like Max not somewhat narcissistically but also I think just trying to make the best out of the situation I thought to myself there's got to be something like there's got to be a lesson in it I just got slapped in my virtual face and the world was like you're not getting what you wanted what's the plan B how am I gonna yeah and so I started like really honing into it. I was like, okay, the one thing I'm good at is I'm good at making my own videos. So I started putting out as much content as I could. I had extra time. So I started putting more and more effort into reaching out and marketing and networking with people. And Mm -hmm. also I think I have a tendency of trying something super early without, yeah, yeah, that's very me. I'm the type of person, if I have an idea, I'll tell you exactly what I want to do with the idea five years from now. And people are like, whoa, Max, relax. Oh, yeah. You don't know if this is actually going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, but if it does, this is how it is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is exactly how I met him. He was like, oh, nice to meet you. These are all my plans. And I was like, I don't even know what yeah. I'm doing it's tomorrow. It's overwhelming for everyone. Also very inspiring, which I think is why we've been friends for so long. But yeah, so like the, the plan was totally crashed because of the pandemic. And that was, the lesson I took from that was, if I want something for myself, I have to fight through it. Yes. So like, the tour does not stop. I still plan on going and I'm working through the pandemic to figure out how to better plan. I took the few shows I did on the road and I said, what did I learn? For example, I learned that I had to heavily rely on my merch because that was the main source of my income during Oh, okay, okay. And so, now I know that when I'm on the road, I'm going to need way more merch than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. These are all like super helpful things that if I just got on the road and did it for a year, I would have probably crashed and burned. But now I have that kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things I was thinking about for you. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I really hope he doesn't burn out. Because yeah. he does a thousand different things. And that's why you are so inspiring. Because it's, wait, what? You're creating a script and you're writing a book and you're also creating music and you're trying to go on tour and you're doing all these graphic art and video content and editing, like having his own business. Like I'm overwhelmed just saying all of that. It is definitely overwhelming. And I just, I think that's really great that you recognize that you probably needed this past year so that you could prep yourself for what's ahead for you. Yeah. And part of what I realized with what you were saying is that the more I have and the more things I have to juggle, the more I need to create a system that like supports me, but also supports the vision because it is someone who promotes and advocates people chasing after their passions. It seems like it's a solo world, but like it does not happen individually. No person has ever been able to accomplish anything by themselves. It just doesn't happen, especially movie sets. A movie set has 200 people, all of them working on one project, one idea. And so I just want to create more and more projects that 
kind of test how far we can take it, how many people we can have on set working on one project, because the more support and the more help, the better projects can become. Totally. But it is a process to get there because I know for myself, like I'm just starting out with this and I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you do it? And you just have to, I feel like, push through the period in the beginning where it's, okay, I'm going to invest all of my time and time and time and energy and energy and eventually down the line. And you got to pray that, you know, as well. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Because a lot of people are like, I don't really see your vision. And you're like, it's worth it though. I promise you it's going to, yeah. So, and I think in order to be like... At that stage, you have to be 100% backing yourself. Yeah. And that requires you to love yourself and be your biggest fan. Yeah. that. So it's so crazy you're saying that because I never actually connected the two. Mm-hmm. But there is definitely a whole aspect. Um, and that's the people I work with often is like, how can you want people to talk about you when you don't talk about you? Right. Like, exactly. You could be great. But you don't want to tell anyone about what you're doing. So why would anyone else want to share that information? Yeah. Unfortunately for some creatives, but also, you know, so who are talking about what they're doing, who are truly passionate about what they're doing and who are sharing that with people that have those projects shared and talked about because that's what it requires to. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, I I remember when I wasn't comfortable with myself as an artist, like I wouldn't share stuff because. I'd be like, uh, are they going to judge me? Yeah, it was so f- stupid. Yeah, they are going to judge you, but yeah, okay. but now it's at a point where it's yeah, but I like I like what I'm putting out there. I like what I'm doing. Right. So I, that Which is the only thing judgment, that matter. exactly yeah. that judgment that I would feel or worry about, I don't even think about now. And so I think, advice wise for artists, what I've learned, especially from this month and talking to all the different artists that I have, I'm like, I hope that artists start to invest in themselves and really working on figuring out what makes them feel good as an artist because there are so many different avenues that a creative can go down Mm -hmm. and once they like basically back themselves up and are like okay yeah like I'm really good at this and then you start wanting to talk about that and advertising yourself naturally part of it is understanding what you're doing is hard okay a Hollywood movie and you see the actors and then you compare your you know new film to that you're gonna hate yourself for a second because you're like ah this is so annoying and I, I could have done better and I'm not good and maybe you don't want to share it it's not until you've done five projects and you see that hundreds of hours of work going into it there's hours late night hours like learning words and like practicing and you're doing all that well that's what makes you proud of the work you're doing and then it's almost like it doesn't matter if it's a Hollywood movie because I know that this shit was freaking awesome. Like, right. It took me 500 hours to make. So I don't care whether or not you are like a fan. I like it, you know? Oh, I freaking love that yeah. you just said that. I love that because that's how I feel too. Like when I do this stuff and I've talked about this on other episodes, like followers are such a thing that comes through everyone's mind at this point just because right. of social media and how big of a presence it is in all of our lives. But it's really nice to get to that point and loving yourself where you're not worried about that because that's always in front of us now. Of course. 
how many people are listening? Every how time many you people... even want to share your project, it's basis. Yeah, you're like... You have to go on a platform that tells you how many people actually care. Right. Like, that number cares? <laughs> right. Which is something, like, sometimes amazing because that is also good for me and, like, that you've had experiences when you're, like, creating something. It's tough because you share something with someone and they might not have the amazing response. Mm-hmm. And then you almost, like, instantaneously forget that there is people in different countries that are watching your projects and because of social media have seen what you've done and it's like person might not have reached out and been like hey your project was awesome it really changed my life but the person who said oh i don't really get this project you're like how could you hurt me you know forget about the fact that i mean think about 67 people which is a terrible you know social media number like a small following well, when you think about it, that's 67, 67. people who care about what you're doing, yeah. which is like pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, yeah. and I think once you get past that as an artist and not really caring about the numbers, and you're just like, if I have 67 people who give a shit and are listening and benefiting from what I'm doing and understanding, that feels good. Right. Then a bunch of people who are just hating and yeah. you're... Because you see all these people with so many followers and just with the cancel culture right now it's destroying destroying people in ways yeah and that's scary the the thing i like the saying i like is a lot of time comparing our highlight or we spend a lot of time comparing our bloopers to people's highlight reels Ooh, i love that yeah i love that i have met people which i've been blessed to meet you know through and everything that i do is like people who are the most talented people i've met ever yeah like best singers i've ever met and i go on their instagram and they have 1100 followers and by all respect they're not a successful musician and it's like the most talented person i know compared to the person that i've also met who has 100,000 followers but can't actually sing through social media and currency one is completely devalued and that was what i think helped me reaffirm talent versus success is like ability to make something and your skill at that is not reflected by a number on social media. The only thing that that reflects is how much attention you spent on marketing. Thank you for saying that. You said that so perfectly. And I hope people are listening, being like actually taking that advice of just, it it really is just marketing strategy. It is. And like the other thing as the production company I run, we do marketing for companies. Mm-hmm. And like, literally that simple. If you market something, you get more attention, generates more followers. It's just like a mathematic thing. Totally. You can have the best product in the world. And if you don't market it, you will not get the attention on the project. Exactly. Period. Exactly. And the other thing I think is interesting is I've honestly never heard of a genuine rise to fame that was not calculated right yeah yeah, because there it's you could have all the talent in the world the no one there people aren't just gonna like find you in your house in the middle of nowhere uh, nas x is a great example Mm -hmm. loves little nas x i could sing that song a million times yeah i'm sure some people got tired of it but Mm -hmm. definitely pinned as like a come up out of nowhere we found this amazing country rap song right right right. that's not true he spent six months making memes editing memes himself using his song as the background and sending them to fr- for free to meme pages. So meme pages would post his videos and kids were like, that's a funny song. And then it started being popular. And then he used TikTok to promote it. And then it became a hit 
And everyone's like, oh, he just rose out of nowhere. It's like, he was in a bedroom in his, like, I believe it was his sister's house, like, on the couch making memes for six months on one song. I had no idea. Yeah. So. What? And, yeah. And, like, was him sitting on a porch listening to a YouTube beat that he was just like, this is cool. A little, like, he recorded the song and said, I'm going to spend six months creating memes and marketing it. And it became a great song, a classic, number right. one song. But it wasn't because someone heard the song and was like, we need to find this dude out of the woodworks and, and make him a legend. No one said that. That is so, you know? that's awesome. Yeah. I did not know that. Every, that is so cool. Every single one hit wonder come up story has usually like five to 10 years of work behind it. So it's an illusion to think that, I, I think that that is something artists use as an excuse for why they're not successful. It has picked me up and put me all over <laughs> the social medias. It's like, no one is ever going to do that. It doesn't <laughs> right. exist. Right. Even the influencers or the people who got successful because influencers shared their stuff, that influencer was paid. Right. 99% of the time that an influencer shares something else, they were paired, paid. Yeah, That's what they yeah, do. Yeah. So the artist who's gloating about their success because there's so much attention on their project, it's like it's paid someone to talk about it, which is literally marketing. I respect it and I understand it, but like, I mean, your project is better than XYZ's. Wow. No, I'm so, I'm so happy that you said that because every I feel like artists hate when I say that because they're like, so you're saying it's not purely based on my talent. And I'm like, no, sorry. Not at all. Not at all. The proof is there are people that we know are very successful that have very little talent. Exactly. No, exactly. <laughs> and, but it comes up it, in every single interview that I do that comes up about social media and just like the effect is not beyond even being an artist, the effect it's having on people's mental health and self-esteem and and how in their career. It's such it ha it affects our yeah. career. It's such a marketing strategy. I totally agree. I think the other problem is that it's a comparison platform when it should be a showcasing platform. Yes. I think it's good to there there is like negative comparison and positive comparing right. for yourself and but that's all on where you're at in your life and it's very easy to negatively compare yourself what would be a positive comparison me looking at another actress and being like okay i she's made it in the comedy world and has booked a feature film and is also like an activist for children who are artists and all this stuff. And I'm looking at it like, wow, that's really dope. I, I, I aspire to have like similar goals. Yeah, like inspiration. Yeah, yeah, Analysis. Yeah. Exactly. Research. <laughs> this is possible. <laughs> A little um, neurotic behavior. Yeah, for sure. No, no, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's like... I don't even think that that's comparing, but I, I hear what you mean. It feels like the comparing is when you say... He did this and got a feature. How could I not have gotten a feature yet? Like, you might not have gotten the feature because you didn't have a friend who was a director who right. is filming a feature. Right. It could be that simple. But then if you do notice that and you're like, okay, that, that kind of is so it's out of my control. Exactly. I, it's like a lot of the time actors are so hard on themselves. And artists, you just yeah. want artists in general. <laughs> but I, with actors, it's like, those five minutes in the casting room yeah don't let your entire day like of be course. affected by that which is Ple super tough to say exactly or easy to say tough to do yeah, yeah yeah and so comparing is i feel like the death of 
artist's souls mm-hmm. if it's in a negative sort of way. Yeah, and I think also as an artist, the thing I've been trying to tell myself, which is bordering this like corny motivation that you were talking about but it's like trusting the process yes in the sense that like might not get booked on a project not because you're a bad actress or a bad actor but because that project wasn't going to be good for you right because you're not going to meet the right people in that one or you're going to be busy which means that you won't do this project and that project is the one that you should be on because that's the one that you're going to shine the most or that's the one that the director is the most caring you know those are things that we can't calculate Mm -hmm. we never humans are incapable of doing it you know example would be like the pandemic with the the show and and me saying well well this is so detrimental to my life it's like okay but maybe me having this reassessed time period allowed me to figure out xyz which is actually going to save me next year when i try it again exactly exactly and that's beautiful. That's beautiful that you realize that. I gotta add that because I love that word. Like, nasty makes me think of Austin Powers. Uh, <laughs> you know? That's hilarious. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. I'm glad that you came to that realization because I do think I'm happy that you've had this time to just get yourself good and prepare. Yeah. So as far as you starting off as an artist, mm-hmm. where when did you know? That you wanted to, that you were creative and how did that affect your development with your self-esteem and you just loving yourself? I always ask like really large questions and then look at the guests and I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I know that was a lot. Tell me about your trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me how your childhood. uh, No, no, Um, only share what you feel comfortable with. So like the quickest answer I can say is that I have been obsessed with entrepreneurship since I was a kid, Mm -hmm. like five years old, thinking I should make a babysitter's club and like charge kids to like take care of them during the summer. And I proposed this to my family friend and she goes, Max, you're five. You're proposing to have people pay you to take care of four year olds. (laughs) No one's doing that. And I was like, yeah, but the idea is good, right? I was obsessed with that. And then when you do that so much like i said you start coming up with like how do i make this how do i do that and marketing is nowadays a lot about visual so i started learning how to make videos to how to do this how to edit how to make graphics and then i started genuinely having artistic interest with collaborating on that because it was like how can i make my marketing creative how do i make this stand out it's obviously not going to be in quality because i'm seven <laughs> so hopefully it's creativity you would be the seven yeah. year old but i mean i was well, i had i think i've had you know probably a dozen companies that just passed like started a month of work and then it crashed and burned because i couldn't keep up with it but, but I, I i love it yeah. i love the jazz so like also over artist i think i would consider myself an entertainer because like as a kid it was all about entertaining Like, I would charge people at dinner tables to, like, do shows for them. And they would be like, what? And I'd be like, give me two euros, everyone at this table, and you get to see Max be a clown for five minutes. Like, I don't understand what euros, by the way, because I was in France. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got all my French parents, like, and their friends. I'd be like, give me your euros. (laughs) And, like, it was either that or, like, I would give them back massages and stuff. Like, 
just whatever, anything to make a dollar. Uh -huh. Wrote poems because I was like a hopeless romantic. So I would like was... write ballads to these nine-year-old girls that I knew. And I was like, <laughs> you might be older than me, but we're going to marry one day. So like that came poetry for uh, sure. Yep. The classic. Uh, Form then, of art. Yeah. And then poetry in college was not as cool as rapping, which is what I found out. So I found out. I was in a circle of people who were like, yeah, uh, we're going to rap now. And I'm like, what's that? They're like, pretty much just say words to the beat. I'm like, I know how to do that. <laughs> Let me get you a poem. <laughs> I know you're nine years old and I love you to death. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So that was the, the start of like me making music. And I guess the transformation for me was that I was working with so many people making art. And I was so sure of like what artists needed to do to become successful because mm -hmm. i was just like guys it's like really simple <laughs> it's mathematic and everyone was like shut up yeah because i'm 22 running a business being like i know the solution to how to be an artist which maybe i didn't you know learning yeah so, but the confidence the confidence was there the <laughs> confidence was always there then i decided like my money where my mouth is and let's yeah. see like if i like art so much and i believe that i can you know, create something that matters to people like why don't i do it Right. So I spent three years just completely failing at every version of art as possible, getting shows with five people in there and, and whatever, and really like learning the things that we had been talking about. Uh -huh. And uh, I'm here. Now you're here. Now I'm here. And I think I'm getting to a point where I'm ready to implement all of those things that I had been working on. You know, that's why I took that time to do a low budget living in my car tour. I knew that I was going to mess up and to come home and be like, Round two, because that's how I learn everything. I oh, learn yeah. everything by taking a slap to the face that like is honestly like pretty. You, you need the trauma, apparently. Yeah, I do, because then I'm like, I'll never, I'll never make that mistake never again. Make that mistake again. I don't like, like that. <laughs> that's how I take every oh, lesson. Oh my god! Every lesson I take is just a universal <laughs> slap that people would be like, I would have quit after that, and I'm like. Oh, but no. it builds character. It, it sounds corny and like whatever, but I think that that is the thing that I have learned throughout this whole process. Every lesson, everything can be culminated in you are going to get slapped in the universal face by everything that is existing. Mm -hmm. It's Murphy's Law. Anything that could go wrong is going to go wrong. Mm -hmm. The only difference between the person who's successful and that we praise and the person who is not is the person who's successful said, I'm going to keep going. That's it. Yes. Eventually, you're going to have so many slaps to the face universally that you're going to know how to dodge all of them because you've had all of them. Oh, yeah. You know, and then life is just maneuvering through whatever goal you have. You just know how to maneuver through it. And I feel like that's what I've noticed about you our entire friendship like slapped in the face. I, I always saw him getting slapped in the face Max guy, he loves getting slapped oh, uh, that is really nasty um and put but, my number down below <laughs> and i and i was like i always noticed that about you but i was so impressed by it because i was seeing so many failed artists and seeing how they took they, they were taking everything so personally. Yeah. And I would feel so badly. And even myself would be, I would be taking stuff personally. I'd be like, oh, what am I doing with my life? Why am I doing this? And then I would work on a project with Max. And I feel like I would get this re 
energizing feeling of, oh, I got to keep going because yeah. that's just like how you are. Like you're truly an inspiring artist. I appreciate that. You are. Making me blush. Yeah, I think that that is also the other thing with business too that I've learned is like, yes, it's one thing to say keep going. But as a person, I would like to be that person who reminds you that things aren't that bad. I often get criticized by people that know me like close friends because I'd like mitigate situations or make them seem so not drastic, even though for them it might be super drastic. But I'm doing it from a place of like... I think you're so used to problem solving. So Max is always the person like, what's going on? Okay, I'll get it. Well, I'll fix it. Like the the whole set could be like kind of... what's the problem. Yeah, like (laughs) on fire. And he'll be like... And I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. And I respect that. There's no value to to worrying or stressing. Like anxiety... Is real, but... Yeah, for sure it's real. But has it ever done anything positive for anyone? Exactly. Has stressing about your test ever made you better at your test? No. No. When I... It would make you worse, in fact. Exactly. It always does something negative. Mm -hmm. So I always get told, like, not thinking about the risk or when I talk about the the goals I have. Mm -hmm. And people are like, Max, you're not going to succeed. To be honest, like, I'm fully aware. (laughs) I know that the 50 things I just told you, there's no way that all of them succeed. It would be crazy to have four successful books, two TV shows, one movie, an album, all succeed while running. Like, that's impossible. Mm -hmm. But three of them might succeed because those are the three that I've learned the best and I did the best and I set up properly. And those might be the most successful things. And those are the things that I'm... But I can confidently say that I think if anyone were to be able to accomplish all of it, it would be him. Okay. I really do. I, like, I cannot stress, like, how uh, just, like, impressive it is to be around you as an artist. And I just think that anyone... I'm really happy that I got you on the show because... I'm happy to be here. Great. I'm happy. I'm glad I'm going through people's... Oh, we were talking about our, our next project, or my next project. Yeah. That yeah, he'll be probably... careful. There's going to be beautifully nasty ASMR. <laughs> it's... it's happening. Yeah. Max said it's happening, so I'm going to tell myself it's happening. And, and also for artists, I think, so relating to you in the podcast, because I use this example all the time to talk to artists, but if any artist is worried about being bad at the first few times of trying something or worry that because they were bad at their first time trying something, they would not be successful. I want you all to go to YouTube right now or after this podcast is over and type in Joe Rogan episode one. Mm. Have you seen Joe Rogan's first episode? I have not seen the first episode. So the first episode. But I've heard about it. Yeah. So Joe Rogan has a podcast. It's the number one. Yeah. That's the most expensive podcast in the world. And I think the number one podcast or most popular for however long or whatever. It's it's the actual category ever, but it's definitely one of the top somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Got sold for like a million dollars. His first podcast episode seven years ago was a webcam video of him and his friend trying to figure out how to set up the webcam for like an hour. And the whole time he's, after he does that, after he sets it up, it starts and he starts filming. Uh But he legitimately uploaded the first 30 minutes is 
And there's a corny, cheesy, like fake snow effect from like iMovie thing that like people used to have in the photo booth. Yeah, yeah, so like yeah, yeah. it's so trash. And if you were to tell me after watching that this person would have the best podcast that's worth a hundred million dollars, I would laugh in your face because there's no way. Right. Guess what? One thousand five hundred episodes later and literally seven years, he has the number one podcast. So when you're worried about your first one sucking, bad news, it's gonna suck. The first thing that you do, the first try, is always gonna suck. The oh, first yeah. dribble of a basketball is gonna be bad. Your first shot of a basketball, oh, sorry. Every first is bad. Even if it's good, it's still pretty bad. Yeah, no, no, because you need room for improvement. Right, and that's normal. It'd be if anything, weird if it, we were just like, naturally. my first yeah. episode is just. And if you were, think about how not special the improvement from the first episode to the second episode would feel. Because oh, you'd be it- like, I'm already pretty great, so I don't know. Right. Like, it would be so unrelatable. Yeah. And especially just with this topic, we're talking about the process or that process for people. Russ has a line, because I love quoting Russ. I love Russ. Uh, Russ has a line in his song Journey, which he says, or I forgot which one it was, but there's two. But basically he says, the problem with getting there is that you realize that getting there was way more fun than having gotten there. And that's his whole message is like anyone who's struggling, like Russ is probably, I think he had like number three album in the country mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. He's a very successful musician. He's screaming in his songs. Like, guys, I had way more fun being a broke come up artist than I did ever being a sold out arena tour artist. Right. Because it's just not, there's no process there. It's just, I'm successful. And it's like, this is the moment that you should be living for. And this right now, the fact that you're watching a podcast about being creative and love, like, chances are you're probably not where you want to in success. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. Because when you have it, it's going to feel basic. Yeah. I totally. You know? I, whoa. Yeah. That was just, that was real as fuck. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people say that enough. I think that a lot of people are just so obsessed with the product and maybe because their parents wanted them to have this like vision of their end results or they set themselves up for this goal by five years down the line. But what I've realized is that if it doesn't feel good in the process, that's like a giant gut sign. That is every, everyone says follow your gut instinct. And Mm -hmm. some people are so they fight it so much, but once you actually, and I did that. So that's why I know I'd be like, I would feel all of the red flags literally just like, no, it doesn't feel good. This is shitty. But like, still going straight into it. Still going straight into it. No, but it's what I want. It's like, yeah, but your body is literally telling you this is a terrible idea. Right. right. (laughs) And I still would do it. And I would, and, but that was part of my process because I know now the feeling of what it feels like to be like, just, figuring it out. I'm like, oh, okay, wait, this is really cool. Yeah. I actually enjoy listening back to the episodes and, and gaining more perspective and be like, oh, I didn't notice that when we were talking, but oh my God, I'm going to emphasize this. People will definitely grab from this part of the episode. Oh, that was so awesome. Okay. I'm figuring out how to be like a graphic designer of yeah. some sort, like the whole process when you actually like what you're doing, like what you're doing <laughs> and are in your purpose. Yeah. It, it does you feel it. So that's another thing I would argue creatives that are listening should do, which is going to be devastating for some, but really reflect on like why you're even making art. Because 
most artists, sorry for saying this, but most artists die unsuccessful. Mm. They never get to that point that they want. Some of the people that we view as icons mm -hmm. were not that successful when they died. And then they died and like their messages kept carrying on. And that's a whole different talk. But the what it boils down to is like, art is not cool. It is cool, but it shouldn't be made because it's a socially cool thing. You're, totally. If you're making art because you're going to be the cooler kid for having done that, like that's the wrong reason because it's not going to work. And when you get headaches... There's all, the only people who are able and willing to stay up till two in the morning bashing their head against the computer because the YouTube video isn't explaining the thing the right way <laughs> right. are people who are obsessively passionate about their project. Totally. The cool dude does not... Does not want to be up till 2 a.m. <laughs> they do not. That's he not wants cool. to... Or they want to yeah. be up at 6 a.m. to go to the gym so they look right. good. Or 2 a.m. partying and clubbing. Right. But they're not looking to solve the actual problem. Yes. And one thing I realized during quarantine, and this is a perfect example, and I'll tell you. The difference between, I think, a true genuine artist and a, a cool artist is... If you got locked down in quarantine, did you create art or did you create reasons why you can't create art? And that's going to burn for a lot of you <laughs> because I know people who have been like, oh, I'm obsessed with making music. And I'm like, OK, cool. Quarantine happens. And they're like, oh, damn, I can't go perform. So I can't make music. And I'm like, eh, that's what? not one and two are not the same. Right. You can definitely make music. In fact, now you're locked in a house without a job. You should probably make the most amount of music. Right. That's when you would, as an artist, do that. Yeah. But if you're not sharing it with your friends and it's not cool for you to be doing that, then you don't do it all of a sudden. And now it's like, like did you, you actually want to be? Right, right. Was it for the right reasons? And it's okay to do art because it's cool. Sure. That's fine. I guess what I'm saying is that the same with business. I had a business which is part of the book I'm writing, Lesson 3, mm -hmm. which is a laundry company. And not to give too much away, but basically the most successful business I've ever had, like the most by far, was a laundry service where in college I... I didn't know this yeah, about you. Yeah, so I, for a year I ran a laundry service that would do laundry for college kids and we sold them memberships and like they would have declining balances it was super dope i had 10 employees they would go out to dorms pick up the like they would text hey my laundry's here they would take the whole system this is so... i hate doing laundry loathe it i yeah. hate the act i don't i just have no joy there's no fun in in that for me mm -hmm. the business did not survive after a year, I was like, I can't do it. I can't put in the hours of staying up fixing a Wix website because right. I don't care about this Wix website. Right, right, It's right. bringing me a ton of money. I just don't care. Yeah. I could fix a Wix website all night if it's for a business. No, totally. That's why Britney Spears documentary that everyone's been talking about. No, I have not. Um, Britney. Spears. I want to watch it. It's so good. She basically, like in certain interviews when she had made it in her career they show like multiple interviews of her breaking down mm -hmm. just because like you, I think one of the questions was like, do you think you'll ever be able to, the, the paparazzi will ever stop? Yeah. And she just breaks down and is like, nope. no, and just starts sobbing. And my heart was like, Oh mm -hmm. my God. And that's someone who was one of the biggest pop stars of our generation yeah. has everything in the world that you could ever want all the freaking money and she's 
incredible like and look what happened to her so like literally what you're saying you can be successful or what people qualify as successful and rich and famous and all this stuff but are they actually happy i don't know i don't i maybe at points but they're fleeting and yeah i don't really it doesn't seem yeah it's also i don't want to quote too many things (laughs) i love this though but (laughs) there is a book i read called the four which uh, i'd like to be correct about this but long story short this uh, writer spent a lot of time analyzing creative directors and people who are like high efficiency creatives because mm-hmm. a creative director is like the most successful creatives because they get paid like $800 an hour mm. in New York City the ad men the mad men like those people are extremely well paid and they're creatives they have to come up with funny videos and ads mm-hmm. and campaigns the book pretty much proposes that the reason people aren't being high efficiency and aren't taking the chances that would lead to their success, and this is mind-blowing because this I have to, I like constantly use this in my brain, is not the fear of failure, but the fear of success. Because in our brain, there's something that tells us that the fall from success is way more painful than the fall from mediocrity to failure. And like, it's for, he uses the example, like a classmate for answering a question. Mm-hmm. You might know the answer that the college professor just posed and you're going to want to raise your hand and say, I know the answer. Why don't you? You would look smarter. The t- professor would know your name and see your face. The expectation. The pro- proposition is if you were right, the second, second time t- there's a question, you better be. Yeah, and totally. That scares the shit out of people. So much so that they don't even answer the first one. Yes. Even though all it would require is the first one being like, I know the answer. And when the second question comes up being like, don't look at me. I don't know this shit. But it's the pressure we put on ourselves of like, I became successful. I can imagine when you make a successful movie, your second movie better be as successful. (laughs) Right. The pressure of that second movie must be like heart wrenching. Right. And it's got to keep up with the standard you just set. Oh, totally. And then also as art, what we do is so subjective. So that makes it like 10 times worse because it's okay. Well, this one movie that the collective or majority of people really, I did the second film that kind of was considered a flop, but yeah, that's just childish Gambino. So he has three mixtapes that are all very fun rap albums mm-hmm. and then everyone's we're waiting for another one we're waiting for another one we want your weird rap and he's awaken my love a pop funk album by a childish gambino and you're like this is not what i ordered but yeah it's what they childish gambino donald glover shout out to donald glover wanted as a career and as a choice to make a separate musical piece but because it wasn't what people expected and because it wasn't what they were used to having him pop out, Awaken My Love did get critically acclaimed and it was a very successful project. But there were a ton of people who were like, this is not a rap project. I don't, well, think about it. A rap head would not care for Awaken My Love. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's not very like, there must be some criticism that he's feeling. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine where everyone, this is terrible. You should have stuck to your old stuff. And it's, can I not can evolve? I, right. <laughs> can I not evolve? Exactly. Especially as an artist, like that's Childish Gambino probably realized that he had more musical talent and needed to depend less on rap verses to make songs. So his next album was more musically guided and less rap guided. Exactly, exactly. That's the album you got. That's the evolution of the artist. This point in your career, you think about, you worry about what people think? 
at this point, do you, yeah, do you yeah. worry about the outcome and what people Always. Are... Always. Mm -hmm. I think anyone tells you that they don't care what people think are lying. It's going to be a tough one, but like this whole like ego, I think is um, an interesting thing because mm -hmm. um, I think anyone who says like, I don't have an ego or stuff, it's like, you clearly do. Everyone has you an ego. You just told me you didn't have an ego, so that way I thought you were cool because you didn't have an ego. <laughs> That's an ego. Like, your ego literally just exactly. told me I don't have an ego. But at the same time, I think that there's a balance. It's a, I have a, all of my songs that goes, uh, the ego, it'd be gone in a minute. Wisdom and it's death. It's just no one wanted to bring it. So it's like, sometimes you do need an ego because you need to be, for example, if you didn't have an ego when you gave an acceptance speech for an award, you'd be naked in fucking sweatpants and you'd be like, uh, yeah, uh, you're right. walk away. You want to have a presentation. You want to be like, look, I put on my nice suit. I'm stepping on stage. I put up together a speech. I'm really thankful. I care about what you guys think. Right. That's an ego. Right. right? So, of course, I definitely think about what people uh, feel. I think where I worry is tension good. Intended to make something because I wanted to hurt someone. I worry and will probably quickly realize or get that. back at someone or yeah exactly yeah that's negative and like avoided right now if i make a fun song that i love and one of my friends is like this is the worst song ever or i hate you or you know, I don't know is like, like for example um it's sucky that this is still something in 2021 but like i made a song and like i'm in a pink wig because i thought that was awesome and like I'm pretending to be a customer that's being helped by me. So uh -huh. like, I'm playing a character and I think it's fun. It's Maggie. I love her. Uh -huh. And someone was like in the comments, like, Fuck you, you're such a blank F word. Like, you're so gay. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, in my head, the only thing I thought was I could not care less what you think because I'm clearly not doing anything that is hurting anyone. Right. Things were fine. Right. I'm having fun. I enjoy the art I made. Yeah. 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 So your opinion doesn't matter. Exactly. There have been times where I did projects I wasn't confident in mm -hmm. because I wasn't putting my best foot forward. I wasn't putting my heart into it. And comments like those would hurt me because I was not confident totally. in the art I'm making. But that came with like your evolution and your journey and all that yeah, stuff. And it also comes from just deciding that the art I make is mine. Mm hmm take full responsibility i'm very much like if we get put on a group project it's my group project and you can put your name on it and that's because everyone's like I hate oh, that what a control frame. i know but it's not so much about control it's more about the fact that like when the teacher gives me a b i want to be like yeah i deserve to be right if they give me an f i want to look at myself in the mirror and be like you got an f right you messed that one up you know? No, I, I understand. Like, but what, it's definitely a little controlling. <laughs> it is, but it's also very... But it's not controlling in the way... Like, you you do want everyone to benefit from it. Like, you're not selfish like that. So troll the things that would make me feel like it's not my project. In the sense that, for example, if I were making a movie and someone says, well, that this scene would be cooler... Mm -hmm. But I really feel like that scene that I have and that proposing to take out is like a staple to the story. It would not be the same story if you took it out. Right. I will die on that hill because yeah. I have to be the one who screens the movie and puts my name on it. 
Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's like the, the story I want to tell. Now, obviously, if it's unfeasible, if someone's going to get hurt, like I'm not ignorant to the No, fact. no, no. Yeah. no. But, you actually are the person that people want in the group projects in school. Well, yeah, because they could just be like, Max, you do it. I'll put my name on it. Thank you so much. And hopefully it will be fine. Yeah. People want to skate by. Like there are few people who are like, no, I'll put my name on the project. In which case, we will both be up together working on the project oh, at three in the morning and being like, do we both agree that our name should go on this? Totally. I just like want to just have, I never want to have my name on something that I don't love to the fullest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think something that I feel like I've always noticed about you, and so I think you've been doing this for a while. It's Yeah, yeah every single, even when it wasn't your project and we were involved in something, or the first project where we met, you were literally always willing to help out to make it better because i think that's just part of like your purpose in life is to also help artists like to create art and create different platforms to express human emotion that others maybe can't Mm -hmm. um and be super relatable but i think that you that is one of your gifts in this and curse i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah so for, for yeah for sure because, like, he is the person in any project that is like, what can I do to help you so you feel good about... If, right. if it's not your name on it, you're going to ask the other person, okay, what is going to... How are we going to make you feel good about this? And right. I think that is freaking awesome. Thank you. And definitely, it's definitely, like, a passion to, to help other artists. And I think that comes from, like, the other aspect is again you know deciding why they do things mm-hmm. like the things that was very big on business is like figure out your why before you figure out your how it doesn't matter whether or not beautifully nasty for you is a podcast a t-shirt line a web series a book what should matter is you want people to accept the flaws they have and be confident and love themselves and you know for why exactly however you express that for the rest of your life should not matter mm-hmm. it's just a slice of your expression the same regards with everything that anyone's doing they really have to figure out what their why is and most people don't have that yet so when they show up to a project that paid them their why is like i got 300 dollars to be here so i'm gonna figure out a way to do the least amount of work mm-hmm. while still making sure i get my paycheck at the end because i don't have a why I know what my why is. Right. And so for me, it makes no sense for me to be in an environment where I don't feel like I'm going to be able to go at 100 miles an hour helping everyone with everything. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't exist. In my brain, there's no space for that. I'm yeah. either That's awesome. asleep or going 100 miles an hour. I will say, because this is something I've been very careful of, is mm-hmm. like very blessed to be in that situation. It required years of me being one in comfortable in uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. having to tell people no Mm -hmm. because that's how you draw boundaries in order for you to be able to run that world Uh, otherwise there's no boundaries and people will take advantage of you but once you learn how to only do things that feed your positive yeah like you were talking about yeah only things that do that why wouldn't you go 100 miles an hour for things that you passionately believe? Right, right, right. So if you're able to spend your whole day doing only things you passionately believe, then your whole day is going to look very Pretty... different than someone whose day is filled with a negative yep. to a job they don't like, yep. to make money, to then spend that money getting drinks or hanging out with people they don't like, mm-hmm. to then go home, realize they spent the whole day doing things they don't like, 
So now they're going to try and numb that pain via Netflix or distraction. Yeah. And then they wake up the next day and realize they spend a whole day doing things they don't like. Right, right, right. It, it's a very progressive thought process because probably like people like our parents or their generation, I see when I'm talking to adults, like them struggling with being like, what? Like, you want to you... do what you want to do? What? And you're just like, yeah, like I'm poor right now because but. I, it's okay because yeah. I love I'm living with my parents right now. I love doing what I'm doing and I made the sacrifices because I just I feel good in my yeah. I feel good doing this. So the my parents had trouble with this, but sometimes I get accused of like you're willing to do things you don't want to do. Huh. In my head, the argument I have is uh, for sure I am. Like one hundred percent. I not like editing audio, but you'll do it. Oh hell it's yeah! It's not because you love audio editing, or it's not because you're stubborn. It's because you need to do it in order to get where you want to go. In order for this podcast to be an actual thing, exactly. and that's what I want. So I have to. So you'll do whatever it takes. Exactly. Especially when you own that art. Yeah. It's so much more. You know, my argument is not that I don't want to do things that I don't want to do. My argument is that. Anything I do that I don't like doing has got to be because it's going to let me do the thing I do like to. Yeah. No. That's... I was just in Tampa serving burgers for a week. Mm. I didn't serve burgers because I love serving burgers, but I knew that it was a job that would mm-hmm. allow me to have housing and transportation to Tampa for free on top of giving me the ability to perform, to perform. in Tampa. So now I'm getting paid to go somewhere and do the thing I love to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. And sure. In the moment did I love frying fries and serving burgers. No, nah. but like we got to do what I wanted to do under my terms. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. I think that that is, that's great. Yeah. I think a lot of people need to realize that that's possible. You can make things possible for yourself. Yeah. Especially if you define it. Uh, v says, for example, if you want to be like an Olympic uh, sure. That's what you want to do for a living. Mm-hmm. Realistic. Can you be an Olympic skier? Chances are it's tough. Yeah. If you're not you know, a facility of people <laughs> right, that are willing right, to help right, you, right. being an Olympic skier is tough. But do you want to be an Olympic skier or do you want to be a successful person who skis all the time? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a different... That's a different life. That's a different, different lives. tangible thing. Example, you can run your own ski coaching business and make more than enough money to survive... Mm-hmm. Being surrounded by skiing 24-7. Totally. The same way that, do you want to be a successful musician? Sure. Like being on stage and singing to crowds? No. Okay, so the chances are being a touring pop star is not your goal. <laughs> but you love music. You want to make music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Make music for films. You never have to step on a stage. Right. But you get to make music and get paid for it all the time. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Just right. flip the dialogue in a way in your head to make it work just listen to what feels good and what doesn't exactly and what what you genuinely like because i think again part of it is fear like maybe the the singer is saying well i can't be successful because i can't be a touring artist mm-hmm. and it's like no you're not successful because you're not finding the right avenues that right feed right. what you love yeah, to yeah, do yeah. if you wanted to be a touring artist then you would find a way like for example i love performing I was able to live out of my car and perform. It was that simple. By my definition, I was successful. Yeah. I had money in my account. I was able to perform and I was doing what I want. Mm-hmm. 
sure i don't think i'm ever gonna sell at the staples arena who knows maybe. maybe we'll see that was such a beautiful pause too it was like maybe god <laughs> universe the point is like you know, levels to what you want to do and finding the self-aware realistic right level. the sacrifices will be worth it if it's yeah. really what you want to do in ways totally can you explain as we wrap up what what you're doing currently what you have to offer Ugh, he has so much i want you plug yourself Hey guys, I'm Max. If you want corny music, terrible movies, and some shitty fucking entertainment, come to MaxSivis.com. What do I have going on? Uh, I'm making music. We're about to release a film called Run, which is being released next month. Working on that for six, eight months. Uh, It's been cool. Besides that, just more and more art. Not stopping anytime soon. I don't have a particular project I want to announce yet. Uh, Definitely a lot of fun stuff coming. I hope that anyone who enjoys this podcast is like max let's check out what you're doing uh if that's the case dope welcome to the journey and if not you will see me at some other point definitely oh look that's my tra- cat. oh my god oh, welcome to the beautifully nasty podcast um now that is a beautifully that, nasty cat yeah he's such a sweetheart um so he's gonna stand right on the computer wait. recording <laughs> i know him he does this all the time whenever no, i know my cat does too it's right on there mm-hmm. so and you're like cool thanks apparently cats love heat because what they say to do and there's a company that does it but it provides uh, partly the heat but i didn't know this but to their owner they uh-huh. want to mimic you so they're standing in front oh. of the computer because you're standing in front oh of the yeah they just happen to sit on it because it's comfortable but if they were up to them, they would stand, stand right there. Right, right, right. So That's people say tough. that you can put a fake book up. Oh, and they'll sit on the like book. Computer, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Sit there That's make cute them feel as like fuck. I love that. I love that so much. See, like he just wants to be around a computer. Yeah, he just wants to be doing right, right, exactly. Yeah, it is really. Cool. Yeah, projects. I'm working on a ton. Right. Where can people find you? All over. Any social media, you type in my name, which is Max Civils. I don't know if you can just repeat that. Anywhere, uh, just type in my name, which is Max Civils, mm-hmm. and you should be able to find me on all platforms except for OnlyFans. I have yet to get naked on dollar bills, y'all. Damn it. Yeah, I know. We all That's want what everyone says. They're like, come on, Max, just show us your nipples. <laughs> if I get uh, 10,000 fans on Instagram, I will show my nipples. Oh, guys. If you want to support, that's how you can support him. Free the nipple. Free, the nipple. Just free Max's one uh, right nipple. So definitely look him up, check him out, support because that's how artists like us grow is through support of each other. Yeah. I'm lucky to have Max in my circle of people. I always appreciate the support from him. So thank you, thank you for even being here thank today. You for me. And last question: yeah. What? advice do you have for struggling artists right now during a pandemic the pause lets you know that it's real off the top not premeditated mm-hmm. <laughs> what advice would i get uh, i don't want to be preachy and like just give random advice as it's corny i'd say the advice that i'm really like telling myself is that value that you and your art has is entirely established by you fortunately but also fortunately you're in control of what you charge and what you accept in life i think artists kind themselves in this dainty it's so tough for a struggling artist but it doesn't have to be like you can be an artist and not be 
mega rich, but be comfortable and doing what you love. And that's what you should be really aiming for. Um, the, the advice there is treat yourself like a business, meaning you've never walked into an Apple store and been like, can I have it for $500? And they're like, oh, you know what? Like so nice and we like you and yeah, we'll just give it to you for $500. That has never happened. So why would you as an artist let that happen to your art? If you said the art cost $1,000, when someone says, can I have it for $500? Say, no, thank you. We sell it for $1,000. Mm -hmm. And if there's a reason that you find other value as opposed to money in exchange for it. So for example, if it is someone who has a great following and they're very supportive and they say, hey, can I have it for 500 And you choose that the value of them sharing it with their community is more valuable than the $500, that's fine. But choose that. You're a business. You have the right to choose that value. Once you start treating yourself like a business, you'll find that there are tons of other ways to generate money. And if you generate you know, $1,000 a month, that's enough to be a self-supported artist. Totally. Yeah. You heard it first. You can do it. Live your rep. <laughs> yes, yes. Live your rep. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for of being course. here. This is awesome that this is the first, but hopefully not the last of many interviews that will be in person post pandemic when I interview people I don't know, I but I know Max, so it's fine that we did this. We know each other. It's yeah. Okay. We're, we got tested. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for being here. This was Bye, awesome. Thanks for listening. And that's a wrap. February, you were great to us. I love all you artists. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and inspiring us. It's been a great month and I'm so excited to be moving on to March though. The new topic, announcement, drum roll. It is going to be loving yourself in relationships. So we will be talking about how to love yourself in a relationship with another person, how to love yourself in a relationship with yourself. It's all going to be talked about. It's something that I know we all struggle with. So it's going to be a good month to reinforce the loving yourself theme of the entire podcast. Uh, I'm so excited. And yeah, so please just remember to um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter all of the updates and new episodes and anything that's going to be happening will be announced on that like and subscribe and review the podcast please please that just helps so much a review is much appreciated and downloading and subscribing really helps with our numbers it helps with an algorithm so that is greatly appreciated we have so many things in the works right now um it's it's, it's all happening and I'm just I'm really excited to share that with y'all it'll be it will be coming in the upcoming months so stay tuned as usual continue to love on yourself the next week do something special and have a great week guys <laughs>